0: to form of passion episode 112 i want to thank everybody once again for joining us uh this is going to be the last episode of the year so Shout out to everybody that joined us uh, in 2023, and we hope that uh, you continue on with us in 2024 if this is a new podcast for you. Uh, At the beginning of each of these episodes, I send a shout out to our new Patreon subscribers. Our Patreon subscribers are the ones that keep this podcast running. Uh, If you want to support this podcast, you can subscribe to our Patreon at www.patreon.com slash passion. Uh, You're going to get additional episode each month if you do so. Uh, The next one we're going to have up, and I think I'm just going to get a bunch of friends on for this, is we're probably going to do like a year-end wrap-up and talk about, you know, favorite records of the year and uh, maybe some show stuff, but probably dive more deeply on records that came out this year. Uh, potentially records like, like the one that our guest today had come out with this year. Uh, potentially or potentially uh, a demo that our guest came out with this year. So uh, you have that to look forward to. That'll probably be coming out. Not probably, but will be coming out next Friday, the Friday after this one. Uh, we'd send a shout out to the people that... Uh, join us on patreon i'm not sure if i said that already uh so if you do join us over there and also if, if you're involved in a band or you're a promoter or you run a record label or what have you something involved in the scene of hardcore punk or metal i will do the best i can to remember that particular project and send a shout out to that when i give your name a shout out here on the mainline episode as well this week we only have one new patreon subscriber that is matt johnson thank you very much matt uh and you know look forward to some new people over there And uh, we see you there. Today's episode features uh, a very, very good frontman. I will say, you know, someone that that I've had the pleasure of being able to witness uh, for a couple years time, and you know, always putting on a good show, uh, puts out really good music in general. Um, I'm a fan of of all of Peter's projects, and uh, am looking forward to kind of getting into the details of how Peter arrived at where he is now. Uh, But today's guest is. Peter Pollack, sir. How are you doing? Hey, I'm great. Thanks
1: for the introduction. That's very nice of you to say all that.
0: Thank it, you. It It is, it is, it is true. You are, uh, you are, you are a, a magnetic front person and, uh, you fit the music specifically of spy. You fit the music very, very well. It, it was like the music was made, was made for you. Um, and it, it's very cool. Um, Peter, you know, I, I, Spy being a, a Bay Area band, was associated you with the area. Uh, are you originally from this part of California, or, or did you migrate here from someplace else? Uh, my parents uh, and I moved
1: to the Bay when I was seven years old, um, back in uh, two thousand. Okay. Um, we at first we lived in San Mateo on the peninsula. Mm -hmm. uh and then i grew up in uh mostly after that i grew up mostly in pleasanton so i i I grew up in the bay area i mean Uh, before age seven i don't remember much you know so yeah i consider myself a a bay native just based on that experience
0: san mateo's i mean you were, were still you know like well so they moved to like like prior to seven like you were in san mateo correct
1: No, no, I, age seven, I moved to San Mateo. We, we came from Canada. My parents, Ah. it's a whole ass story, but my parents are are Polish immigrants. So they were living in Canada for a while. Before I was born, they lived in New York. Um, I see. But yeah, so I was seven years old and like my dad got a job in the Bay. So then we moved out here.
0: Were you born in Canada? Yeah. (laughs) Oh, do you, so, and so do you have like dual citizenship or?
1: Yeah, I got. I actually have fucking tri citizenship because oh, I'm I'm a Polish citizen too. That's right. Wow,
0: yeah. dude, a man of the world. Look at you.
1: <laughs>
0: um, yeah, it's okay. this shit's kind of crazy. That's <laughs> wild. All right, so okay, what part of Canada? Uh, the capital city, Ottawa. Okay, gotcha. I have I have been there. Um, okay, so like uh, in between Toronto and Montreal. Mm-hmm. I, I, I played like a, a festival there or or, or it was it was in Gatineau, it and ne- kind of nearby um but it was like near Ottawa so I I have been there um okay so you 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 know so you don't remember too much before seven but you were you were in Canada and then you come to you come to the states now the state's not being that much different than than Canada when you you know moved to the Bay Area at that age, uh did you like notice a distinct difference so i mean i i I imagine you were like it's a lot less cold here like was was this (laughs) like a big was this like a big change for you
1: yeah i mean when you're that age any kind of change is is major uh i obviously at this age if i moved from here to canada i'd be like oh you know it's not that different but but at the the young age of seven i was like like where the fuck am i this place is crazy (laughs) it's like unlike Uh, anything i had known up to that point you know
0: right did you when you were a kid did you like have like a lot of friends like or what like was that transition like hard like kind of having to leave like that behind uh
1: i i think i kind of had a hard time making friends anyways because i was Mm. uh like english was my second language and i like I was like an only child at that point, so I didn't really have like uh, anyone to socialize with back home that was my age. Sure, um, but I had a couple friends in Canada, and, and yeah, leaving was kind of a bummer for sure. I remember being sad about it, but it, it was you know pretty quickly you adapt, so it's all good.
0: Be it that English is your second language, and you know you move to the Bay Area um what did you did you still kind of encounter like you know because it's not like a lot of people around here speak polish did you encounter kind of like the same sort of same sort of issue so to speak like on like trying to like kind of like meet new people when you got here
1: yeah but it was like even even worse now because not only was it uh like kind of all new to me at, at the time it was also like i came in after the school year started so i was like Mm -hmm. the new kid so you know how that goes it was like kids are kids are crazy you know when you're like seven years old nobody knows how to properly socialize so i felt i think uh ostracized for sure because i was from a different place and like you know came in after the school year started so but you know at first it was difficult but eventually i found like uh, a couple friends that that you know we played pokemon and
0: shit you know course so was cool. oh yeah <laughs> prime time for pokemon if, if we're talking 2000 yeah, uh, yeah so be it be it you know like like that's case you 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 meet some people uh and, and things like that like you know away from pokemon and and, and like what have you like what kind of stuff for you were you into at the time like like as a kid like what like what kind of things did you gravitate towards as a kid be it like television movies or, or music or things of that nature
1: uh at that age specifically it was definitely like I, lo- I loved reading books and i loved uh i loved like video games uh a couple years after that or maybe like a year after i was started discovering like music online mm-hmm. uh i would like watch music videos for like slipknot and corn and shit like that and um that's when i first started to like check out music on my own but uh, before that, it was yeah a lot of reading books. Uh, I like fucking Legos and all sorts of shit like that.
0: <laughs> what know? kind of books were you reading when you when you're this age?
1: Shit, man, I have no idea. Must have been like <laughs> Harry Potter or something sure. like that. The stuff that was popular at the time because this is like yeah, like the year two thousand, basically. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. So yeah, I I I'm sure like a lot of young young adult like a lot of YA books like you yeah, know, like, yeah. like things
1: like that. Just like uh, and, whatever was was being given to me by the teachers or sure. you know my mom or whatever sure
0: um and uh like what i mean like, was reading difficult for you be it that like english was like second language
1: now reading was like the one thing i actually felt pretty good about at that age gotcha. like i was saying the social part was kind of weird for me mm-hmm. but uh i was one of those dorky kids that liked reading books a lot when I was uh, seven, I was, seven or I was eight. the same, but yeah. <laughs> so I get it
0: entirely. <laughs> yeah. I was the same. What, and you said you like video games, like what, like, oh, like away from Pokemon and, and things like that. Like what kind of video games do you remember being into?
1: I had a game boy and I remember, uh, like almost exclusively just playing like Pokemon, yellow, blue, red, mm-hmm. gold. Classics. Silver. Classics. And then I got like a, I got like a Tony Hawk game that I used Beautiful. to play too.
0: You talk so about was, finding oh yeah i mean no you're good but say it's like you you know you talk about finding like videos like by like slipknot and corn years later uh how had you know like corn was kind of like on the radio and stuff so it's like i feel like like that one was like kind of easy to find but slipknot as big as they were i feel like was like a little more of a deeper dive how had you kind of come across bands like slipknot and corn
1: I, I was just, uh, all, all the videos I watched online were on Yahoo, Yahoo music videos or whatever, mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> way back in the day. Yeah. This is, this, so,
0: is, this is pre-YouTube really, or like, yeah, yeah, or, or it's like maybe early YouTube, but definitely. No, early. no, no. YouTube for
1: sure didn't exist. This is like 2001 or 2002. Oh, definitely yes, doesn't like exist. That. Nope. Yeah, Maybe 2003, but no YouTube mm-hmm. yet. So, um, Yeah. My parents were like, okay, Yahoo is a okay website to use. You can make an email address uh, and you can like browse this website. So I was like, okay, for sure. So I started looking at the videos and then like, I, uh, for, you know, whatever reason I was like gravitating towards like the heavy shit, even though, uh, at first it kind of freaked me out. I was like, I was like, oh, these guys are wearing masks. Like, this is kind of scary. Like, (laughs) I don't think anyone, like, in my family would approve of me watching this shit. But, like, it was... uh, It drew me in for whatever reason. And I, like, loved the tracks, you know? Like, I loved the music so much. Uh, And, yeah, it was was just on there. Yahoo Music Videos, that's the one that started it all for me.
0: The old way. Having a Yahoo email address is old school. (laughs) So, respect. Um, (laughs) So, you you go like you know you're watching these videos and everything they were you like i need to get like because again it's like you know downloading music at this time is like technically exists but it's also like like really early stages of that too uh were you like oh i need to go get these like cds like hell uh, yeah okay got it
1: that's that was the next step it was like i'd go to like uh it would be like a bookstore, usually like a uh, borders or like oh, a gee. Barnes and Noble borders. And rocks. they had, uh, yeah. yeah, they had CDs and mm-hmm. it was just like, so, and they had like this little uh, thing you could scan and like some headphones that you could use. Bro, to I remember scan. This. Yeah. Yes. You scan your CD and you get like mm-hmm. 30 second clips of each track on the CD. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So that's how, that how I would was, like, that shit was awesome. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that's how I would check out CDs. Uh, you know, I'd be like, going through the, the borders and like grabbing all these different ones to try out and like listening to 32nd clips of each track and being like, Oh, okay. I like this one. I want to, I want to take home this
0: one, you know, which, what do you remember picking up from like this time period?
1: Uh, Lincoln park system of a down the Gosh. aforementioned, uh, slip and corn, mm-hmm. all that shit. That, that's like the, the, very popular metal at the time, you know, like Definitely. the new metal stuff.
0: I mean, Lincoln Park was like unavoidable at that yeah. time. System yeah. of a Down too, like toxicity was huge. Um, so yeah, it's like kind of like if you were a kid during that time period, you like anything heavy, it's like this stuff was for sure crossing your radar. Hundred percent. Was anybody in your family like musical in a way where it was like they
1: like played instruments? No, no, they that didn't exist because they every like every single member of my family lives in Poland. Okay. Um, and yeah, that just wasn't something that was. Uh, first of all, I didn't really see anybody in my family that much because they were, you know, in Europe. Of course, they're, they're uh, half away. Yeah. Yeah, and then like my parents didn't play music. Uh, they would like play music in the house. Like I remember my dad listening to frank zappa which was kind of sick. sick hell yeah it's uh, awesome but but at the time i was like five years old and i, I hated it so i didn't oh sure i wouldn't have liked <laughs> that
0: shit at five either i would like, turn this bullshit off
1: yeah. yeah but no like you know my dad would play some cds and stuff at, at home but it, nobody was playing instruments or anything like that so it was it wasn't really something i thought was uh even a possibility i didn't have anybody like around me or in my life that would be uh, like a role model for that kind of stuff.
0: Right. What was the first concert you went to?
1: Uh, it didn't happen for years after that. Cause I, um, I don't know. I just, I had a, I would say I had like somewhat of a sheltered childhood, not sure. super crazy, but like I wasn't going to like ask my parents like, Hey, can I go see this band that I know you're not going to, uh, want me to see. So I, I, didn't even consider it an option. Uh, I didn't go to a show until like 2007 when I was 14. Okay. Um, and like the first show I went to was like a local show, at a pizza spot, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but I guess about six months before that I had gone to like a warp tour. That was probably the first like live music experience I ever had.
0: Okay. Right, you were still 14 when you went to Warp Tour? Yeah. Yeah. How? So at that point, like you're going to Warp Tour. Uh, this is what, 2006 or 2007? Yeah. yeah. 2007. What were you looking to see at Warp Tour that you had found? You were like, okay, I want to go to Warp Tour because I want to see the following bands. At that point, I was
1: on deep into the MySpace thing. Mm-hmm. So. I was looking for uh, like Chiodos and uh, sure. the Devil Wears Prada and stuff oh, like yeah. that. Big MySpace music, no <laughs> doubt. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, for sure. That was it. Yeah, that was the stuff I, I would like the, I guess people called it like metalcore. It's not, yeah, you know, like it's not metalcore. metalcore deathcore, well, yeah. I,
0: Chiodos isn't metalcore.
1: No, 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 not them. But like uh, some of the other bands, I guess.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um... Like I think, like Devil Wears Prada got the, uh, it was kind of like like deathcore stuff, and that stuff was big at the time, like mid mid two thousand. Yeah, yeah, it was like, huge. Like, like Devil Wars Prada, Job for a Cowboy, yeah, yeah, um, like like stuff of like like that. I was I don't even know if like White Chapel was around
1: yet. Maybe. Oh yeah, yeah, they they were another band I liked at the time for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: definitely. That that stuff was like, yeah, that stuff was really that was having a moment, like kind of like at that time.
1: Uh, hell it was yeah
0: had you just found that stuff just like being like okay i got a myspace profile and i just found this music that way like how had you kind of gotten put on to, to this type of stuff
1: yeah well like like so i had the earlier experience of uh like being in like elementary school and discovering those like new metal bands yep um so I was already kind of like inclined in that direction. And I guess I just kept hearing stuff that was like more, uh, extreme or more heavy, sure. uh, compared to what I had been listening to before. And I just kept trying to like, those were the bands that I liked. And I just kept going further and further towards, you know, like the, the stuff that to me at the time seemed like more extreme, more heavy, definitely, uh, you know, whatever it might be. Um. So, yeah, I, was, especially, I guess especially I was just, if
0: you're hearing like Slipknot, you know, like you're yeah. hearing Slipknot at a time and it's like, this is cool and Then you hear something that has like crazy breakdowns in it. or something. Right. I feel like you're yeah. Like, whoa, once I once I heard like growling
1: vocals and breakdowns and shit, I was like, whoa, like this is sick. I got to I got to check this out. Like Job for a Cowboy was one of those bands, like mm-hmm. one of the first ones at that time.
0: And especially um, like you see like the dancing like in a video or something and you're, it's a, like, as a kid, you're like, Whoa, what, what the hell are these people doing? You know? Yeah, kind of exactly. Um, okay. So you were kind of like just through being in a new metal sort of just like been like, all right, I'm looking for something more extreme. It just kind of ended up sort of in like, kind of like this, like, like the kind of like the death core side of things. Um,
1: yeah. And, and, and I think a big part of that was that it was so popular at the time. It was like so popular. I, 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 I imagine if somebody's listening and they're like 18 years old right now, they have no frame of reference for, for what 2007 looked like. But, but yeah, it was just like massive everywhere. Like all the, all the kids at my school that I thought were cool were like, you know, that shit, you know, it made it easier to get into it. It was like, Oh, other Brrr. people like this, like this is having a moment. There was like a, something behind it you know like like in the general subculture i guess of like heavy music or alternative music or whatever you want to call it and you might be able
0: to you might be able to like clear something up for me i don't know this um and it's all good if you don't but it's just like so it's like be it that i know like animosity like the band's like from the area or whatever and like that death core is like really big at least i know like in like San, san jose and stuff like that like i feel like it, like you know correct me if i'm wrong but i feel like that probably had some type of effect on what people were generally into in a lot of parts of the bay as well
1: yeah um, definitely definitely yeah okay. that makes yeah. Sense. Um, that makes sense. yeah there was like some local bands that were also uh kind of of that style that that were having a moment too like uh all shell parish was one of them
0: oh yeah i've heard the name i know what you're talking
1: about yeah there was a band called uh, Suffocate from Oakland with a mm-hmm. Suffocate with a K. Yep. Uh and like of course animosity. Uh I remember seeing a kid wearing like a Lionheart shirt at school mm-hmm. and being like, "Oh, I got to check that out. That sounds cool." <laughs> yep. <laughs> uh and so it's like there's like some local shit that that was uh, you know, like the local shows were great back then. Like the some of the first shows I ever went to were so packed. That's part of what made me so excited to be a part of it, you know
0: you said after this warp tour that you ended up going to like a local show when you're 14 at like, yeah. a, pizza, like a pizza place or something. Yeah. Lucky uh, pizza in Dublin, California. It's okay. R. I. P. Gotcha. Uh, <laughs> some uh, RIP lucky pizza Dublin, California. Uh, how, how did you find that about the show and who played the show?
1: As far as who played, I have no fucking idea, man. I couldn't yeah. tell you, um, uh, <laughs> but, um, i just you know like I, I must have found out either through uh through the internet or um through some of the other kids that i was hanging out with that were also into the the same kind of stuff you i can't honestly remember it so long ago but
0: you yeah. go to the show and you know obviously have uh, a good time um so from there what uh you know kind of like what what was your path you're like all right like I want to get involved more in like kind of the local stuff going on around me or like, I want to go to more of like the big stuff, like, like Warped Tour, kind of like, what was, what was your path at that point?
1: Uh, it was, it was both. I, I wanted to do like everything I could do. Cause I was, mm-hmm. I was totally hooked on it, you know, from the first show. Uh, so I would just like, I would, I went to Lucky Pizza a million times after that, just cause it was like, that was like the nearest local venue. I guess it wasn't a venue. It was a pizza spot. They played on the floor for $5, uh, you know, to get in. It wasn't Hell like yeah. a Good venue, shit. but yeah, <laughs> it was a venue for, for the time, I guess. Um, it's just like literally anything in the East Bay kind of around where I lived. Mm-hmm. Uh, and at this age, 14, 15, I didn't, I didn't drive yet. So I would like have, uh, have my mom drop me off for like. <laughs> a friend's mom would drive us or whatever, you know? Um, so, so yeah. And then, yeah, I would go to like the bigger shows too. I remember, uh, I went to San Jose to see, uh, white chapel play mm-hmm. like in two, in 2008, I think. Yep. Um, which I, I guess at the time wasn't even that big of a show. Cause they, they hadn't really like blown up yet i guess but um
0: yeah i feel like they get kind of bigger in like maybe like early 2010s or something yeah they were like on the cusp of like they on the like, rise they, they
1: put out their point. second album at that point i remember
0: mm-hmm. and like
1: shortly after that they kind of uh you know really blew up but popped off yeah but yeah i remember going to that show and like somebody's mom drove us and like i i remember like Asking a couple of the people in the band to like sign my poster or some shit. Like just really like li- yeah. little kid shit, you know? Yeah, it was, beautiful. It was sick.
0: Fun <laughs> shit, dude. Hell yeah. yeah. Um. Yeah. What spot did you go at in San Jose? Do you remember the name? Fuck man. I think it was
1: uh well, it definitely doesn't exist anymore. It definitely didn't exist okay. for much longer after that. Um, I think it was called like MACLA or something like that. I might be gotcha. making that up or mixing it up with another venue or it was you know it's like at the time i would go to all these different venues and have no idea like where i was in the city because like i was i wasn't the one driving i was sure you're not driving yeah i had no uh i also had no i had never even fucking probably been to san jose before that i didn't know what the fuck was going on i was sure 14 years old (laughs) yeah uh but another one i remember that, that i did go to like more than once was a san jose skate which was just a like skating rink that had mm-hmm. shows on the side of the rink oh
0: hell yeah <laughs> oh yeah yeah. There, there was a place called ice zone like that near me when i when yeah. i was coming up
1: uh I yeah know the deal. that's that's fucking cool like i i wish we could do that right
0: now. <laughs> yeah i mean it's a, we have ample venues in the area but like something like that is fun you know it's kind of like like something that's like like weird like that i feel yeah. like you see less of that these days uh especially ice in, ice in the bay like
1: like yeah. you don't see the the pizza spot or the the ice mm-hmm. skating rink like that that shit's super nostalgic for me you know
0: yeah yeah I, I fuck with that shit too i mean like it's like i think back to like like i set up shows at like an indian restaurant or like the ice skating rink or it was always some like random like yeah it's it's for something else they just so happen to be like down with doing gigs or whatever yeah um, now at this point you like you're you're all in you're you know like on the heavy music you like you know like metal metalcore things of that nature, uh, yo. Um, do you at this time like are you like all right like I'm in on this, but like I like I want to be like even deeper like do you have like any kind of uh, machinations to like being a band at this point in time or is that still kind of far away?
1: I think like gradually that became uh something of interest like i i, I started um uh, like picking up instruments around the time mm-hmm. at first it was bass and then i tried to play guitar but i wasn't like committed really i was just like fucking around on it right. um i had no like discipline or anything for like practicing or anything like that so i was just sure. kind of like i'd pick up the bass or guitar and i'd like learn a song or something But I would like, you know, I wouldn't put like the work in. Like, I knew a lot of other kids that were like hella into like practicing their guitars and like they really wanted to do the damn thing. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think, yeah, even at that age, I think I was more drawn to doing vocals. I started like trying to do like kind of like deathcore vocals and and stuff like that. Um, At first, it was really bad. It sounded horrible, of course. But uh, over time, I, started to feel like i was getting a little bit better at it um but yeah i was basically i'd fuck around with some vocals guitars and bass but nothing too serious i was just kind of messing around and every time like one of my uh friends would be like let's start a band i'd be like yeah all right let's do it and then we'd like go and you know a bunch of 15 year olds that don't actually know how to play music we'd go in like somebody's garage and like try to make music and it was uh not very good of course.
0: classic <laughs> classic high school style no, <laughs> yeah
1: no. yeah um when yeah, you that, start- oh sorry go ahead sorry no no but yeah it was just it was very like innocent and, and wholesome you know like Definitely. that kind of shit when you're 15 years old
0: of course of course Well, when you, you know, this is kind of your pre-driving time period when you get to driving age, uh, like, were you like, did you have a car or were you still kind of like immobile and kind of like having a ride with other people? Uh, I remember I was
1: hell bent on getting my driver's license as early as I could. Mm -hmm. And I actually had this issue where I had to wait, uh, six months, which, you know, in retrospect, it's not very much time, but at that age, six months, oh, it was like forever. Kid, it
0: feels like forever. Yeah.
1: I went to the DMV and they were like, Oh, look like, uh, and I wasn't a citizen at the time. So I had like a green card. That was my ID. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're like, Oh, Hey, your green card, like your photo, that's like you of a kid as, as a kid. So like you got to update your photo first before you do this, uh, driver's test. Like oh we God. can't verify that that's you or whatever. Yeah. Uh, and that took, that process took like six months. So I had to like go get a new ID photo or whatever. Damn. Um, and I was hella bummed. Like, like I was devastated cause it was like my birthday was in March and I was yeah. going to miss the whole summer of driving, you know? Uh, uh yeah. but you know, eventually I got the license in like October of that year. And, and uh, but yeah, that definitely was a game changer. Cause I, I was able to drive my, uh, my dad's, uh, 1998 Toyota Camry
0: bitchin let's go um, yeah
1: camera really <laughs> so style. that that really opened up the uh the floodgates i guess like after that i would like drive myself to shows i remember the day after i got the license i drove to oakland for a show um it was just sick you know and i yeah i'd just be able to go to anybody's garage at any time to fuck around and try to play some music
0: did at this time, did you like, you know, are you like going to see kind of like the same does like the same type of bands or have you branched out into kind of anything different? That's my first question. And then second, uh, you talk about going to garages and, and things like that of your friends. Um, and I was going to the second question is what uh, when is the first like we'll call it like the first band that like could like like so roots start for you?
1: Uh, so for the first question, the, uh, there was like pretty rapid changes and fluctuations at that time. Mm -hmm. Um, like I mentioned earlier, I was always looking for like the most extreme thing. So eventually that kind of led me to just like, like pure death metal, like, uh, late eighties, early nineties, death metal shit so i got really into like suffocation and carcass and death and all those kinds of bands Fuck yeah and i i just got really into death metal um and that became like my favorite thing and i kind of like after discovering that stuff i fell off on all the uh on the warp tour shit and like the death course stuff i kind of was like oh no like no i found what i need this this is the real deal right here
0: i'm into like real Um, death metal now yeah i i don't know
1: And it was like a thrash revival at the time. So I got into thrash. Um oh, yeah. What what kind of stuff are you listening to? Like uh Warbringer and like municipal waste for like the the more modern bands and then mm-hmm. uh like Exodus and shit for like the old school bands. Oh
0: yeah. I mean I, I grew up like in Richmond, obviously, so municipal waste was huge. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you know, so like that was honestly like low key the band that sort of like I cut my teeth on getting into stuff. Um, just cause how big they were there. was And it's like, when you said there was a thrash revival, it's like, oh dude, I was there for that. I remember this. Yeah. Um, yeah. Warbringer, another one. Like, yeah, like, it was like, I guess, like, I think toxic Holocaust is doing stuff. Oh yeah. This time period too. hundred percent. Yeah. This stuff was, that stuff was cracking at the time. No doubt.
1: Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I loved all that shit. Um, Mm -hmm. but Yeah. Okay. So I lost track of the second question. Oh, sorry.
0: Second question was, you said you were going to friends like garages and stuff and like trying to like formulate bands. And my question was, when does the, first like real, like real air quotes band kind of like take roots for you?
1: Uh, The first real one, I guess, uh, ended up being way more of a real one than I ever thought it would be at the time. But when I was uh, like a sophomore in high school, I, um, somehow got in contact with this guy who lived in like a neighboring city Mm -hmm. uh, through some kid I knew in high school and I don't know how he knew him, but basically I ended up in this guy's garage and it was still before I was even driving. So my mom dropped me off at this guy's garage. Uh, and he's like, you know, like I'm looking for a vocalist to, to try out for my deathcore band or whatever. Mm -hmm. And, uh, I, uh, I didn't even like death anymore at that point. Like I told you, I got way more into death metal and shit, but I was like, just like down for any band.
0: Yeah. When you know? were a kid too. You're like, Oh, I have an opportunity to be in a band that seems like it's going to do something like, yeah, I'll fucking do it.
1: Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So I, 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 went into this dude's garage and I like, he had like a PA and, and I just like did some vocals into his PA with the mic and shit. Uh, and, uh, And then, like, over time, that band became uh, the band called Rings of Saturn, which was, like, Mm -hmm. it got hella, like, technical. It was, like, half, like, tech parts and then half, like, deathcore breakdowns. Mm -hmm. Um, So that was, that. yeah, that ended up being my first band. And I stayed in it for, like, a couple years. We did uh, one album, and I did a couple of U.S. tours with them when I was, like, 18 years old.
0: Okay. I was going to um, say like, you know, were you still in high school when, when those tours happened? It was just after I
1: graduated. It was like I okay. graduated June and then we went on tour in July. Got um, it. Got it. Yeah. And
0: You, and you said you did two U S tours of them.
1: Yeah. The first one was, um, do you remember a tour called summer slaughter?
0: Yes, I do. I do remember that name. So, so there was like a,
1: this is like so long ago. It sounds absurd, but there was like a, a online, like MySpace contest, uh, for like who would be the opening band of that tour. Uh-huh. Yeah. And that uh, this that is ringing some
0: bells. Yep. The tour was like a
1: 10 band tour throughout the summer. It was like a bunch of like death metal and death core and shit. Mm-hmm. Um, but basically, uh, one of, one of the bands, uh, won the slot or whatever. And then, like a few of the other bands ended up doing a tour and it was called the slaughter survivors tour. Okay. Uh, and yeah, we were one of those bands that was oh. like, we didn't, we didn't make the cut for the big tour. So like us and all the other bands that didn't make the cut toured together. So we did like a full us tour with a bunch of bands that, uh, it was like smaller, you know, smaller bands.
0: Do you like, do you remember which bands they were?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I remember everybody it was, uh, the contortionist mm-hmm. conducting from the grave, uh, scale, the summit volumes.
0: Oh, volumes got pretty substantial.
1: Yeah. Yeah, they did. They definitely did. So it was like six bands on that tour. I like a few of them ended up, uh, having like pretty successful careers or whatever, I guess you could say. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was like really early on for all these bands. Like Definitely. Maybe all of them had like maybe one, one, one record out at the time or something like that. Um, as far as I remember, I, know, I was fucking eighteen. It was like a million years ago. But
0: who, who was on the, the main, first tour? Who was on like the main tour? Do you remember? Who like the actual, won the
1: contest?
0: No, like not even that. But like, what what were the not even fuck. like uh if you remember cuz it's like i remember this tour happening cuz it was like it was like this wasn't like stuff that i was into but i was like like be it that i was like into hardcore it was like next door kind of so yeah, i was like yeah, aware no. of when it was going down and i think i remember this one hitting uh canal club in richmond so it, it, but i'm i'm trying to remember what it was
1: um, like I could look it up if you want. But no, I, I have good. no idea. <laughs> it's all good.
0: I was just saying if it was off the top of your head. So no. you end up doing an album with this band, Rings of Saturn, and you do a couple US tours with them. Um what like you know, when and why did you kind of stop doing this band?
1: Uh so like I said, it was right after high school mm-hmm. that I did the, the first tour. And then the second tour was in like October, November. And um, I had gotten uh, into, like, San Francisco State University. Mm-hmm. And oh, yeah. so I I, I was I started going to classes there. And then I had to be like, hey, uh, I have to leave for a month. Is that cool? And then all the teachers were like, no, it's not cool. You can't do that. <laughs> so then I, I dropped out uh, of school to go on this tour. Yeah. Um, but I did the tour, and, and I was like, shit, man, like, I'm not really – I'm not really trying to do that. I think I want to go to school instead. So right. I went to school. I, I reapplied or whatever. And I, I went back the the next semester in January. Um, but yeah, I just, I don't think I would, like, in retrospect, I don't think I was ready for touring at yeah. the age of 18.
0: No, no doubt. I'm um, so young.
1: Yeah. And I was like, I was a pretty naive kid. So I, I, I didn't really, um, yeah, I, I don't think I had what it took to like be on the road like that. So i think it was uh, a good decision even though like at the moment i i I didn't see it that way i wasn't like oh i'm not ready for this because like no 18 year old is gonna be like i'm not ready for this you know yeah of course Uh, i was just like no i I don't want to do that i want to go to school uh but in retrospect yeah i don't think it was the right time for me but it's something that like made a huge impression because later on like years later i'd be like like damn i kind of want to go back on tour that was sick like that was really cool
0: You'd already gotten the experience and so it's like you're like, okay, I've already like I've already done this. So when it would come time later, I imagine it's like, okay, this isn't like some like brave new world for me necessarily. It's like I have technically done this before and a couple times. yeah, so it's probably easier to jump back in at that point
1: sort um, of yeah, but but it was so long like it took so many years before it happened again that right. like by the time uh by the time i went back out on a tour if that like that experience at age 18 felt like a million fucking years ago like yeah. four lifetimes
0: ago you know game had done change probably too like you know yeah it, oh 100 like different different you know landscape so uh you know you you get back and you're like all right like i can't do the fan anymore because I'm, i can't tour like this what have you uh did you still want to like keep doing music or were you like eh, like you know like i'm gonna just kind of focus on school
1: i i hella wanted to keep doing music for sure yeah i i like kept trying to start new bands with people and like it, it was like go somewhere for like a second or two and then it would kind of fizzle out right um and that was kind of the story of the next few years for me like all the while i was like doing school and shit i was um still wanting to play in bands and do bands, but nothing ever really kind of panned out. Um, but yeah, I think like looking back, it's easy to see that all I ever really wanted to do was play music. But at the time I was like kind of torn between like, Oh, I should be responsible and like try to do something that's good for, for my future or whatever the fuck. Like, basically all this like messaging I had, I had been picking up, uh, growing up that like, okay, like you gotta go to school. You gotta, you know, get your degree and you gotta do all this shit. Uh, that was like really internalized for me. So I feel like I thought like, okay, I really need to do this. Like, this is a smart play long term And like, I shouldn't, I shouldn't hit the road. I should just go to school. Uh, but yeah, definitely all I really wanted to be doing was, was playing music all throughout
0: did during this time period like you know were you experiencing like like a lot of pressure from, like from your family were like you know to be like hey like you need to do the school stuff you need to kind of like do it like you need to do the school then you get the good job then you can buy a house then you can have 2.5 kids <laughs> you know was it was it like yeah. like that okay so,
1: I would I say you. for sure yeah because my parents obviously they they like uprooted their whole lives to come from poland to the to the US and to Canada like in uh in search of a a better life and shit so Mm -hmm. i think given that they did that i think they were like hey like like there's certain expectations based on you know we've sacrificed a lot for you to be in this position and we want you to do this this and that they didn't say it in those terms of course right right that's that's kind of what i i was picking up on that kind of i didn't definitely Yeah, I definitely felt the pressure, like the immigrant child pressure, uh, child, of, the child of
0: immigrant parents. Child of immigrants. That's you know, it's, it's what yeah. that is. It's, it's we moved to this country where you have more opportunities than, you know, you would have had in, say, Poland. And right. it's like, you know, like you, you like, you know, it, of course, you should follow through on getting those opportunities as opposed to just like leaving them on the table. Um, it, It's a it's a classic story. You know, no doubt that, that's why i was like i asked i was like this kind of sounds like child of immigrants situation you know where it's like okay you gotta you you know you gotta go to school you gotta get the good job uh after and you know like go, you know do the, the white picket fence thing because that's what the the american dream is you know so right. to speak. um so you said while you're in school though that you're still trying to do bands what kind of bands were you trying to do
1: yeah all i wanted was to do it Fucking old school death metal band. That's what I wanted. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah. But like I told you before, the the guitar and stuff, like I wasn't really super um, instrumentally inclined, I guess you could say. So mm-hmm. I was kind of like meeting up with other folks. And uh, that's that's kind of what made it so hard for me to do the thing I actually wanted to do and to make it work. was I was like trying to work with other folks and they weren't necessarily trying to do that, you know? Yeah. Um, so everybody had like their own idea of what they wanted to do. And it was never exactly what I wanted to do, but, uh, and here I am like a million years later and I still haven't done that band. So hopefully one of these days, but someday <laughs> maybe when I'm like 40, I'll do a Yeah. Fucking early '90s kind of death metal band, but
0: let's fucking go, dog. If I knew how to play guitar, I would say I'll help you. But much yeah, it's like the, yourself, the, the curse kind of, of the vocalists, You know, I don't know how to fucking do anything good. <laughs> um, so you're trying, you're trying to do old school death metal, but like the people you're encountering, that that's not really like what their bag is or what they're trying to do. Uh, during this time period, like what what kind of gigs are you going to? You've kind of experienced like a, a few different scenes. You know, so to speak, uh at this point, like, like, or at least a couple. Like, what what kind of stuff are you are you going to see? Like, predominantly metal stuff. Like, have have you discovered hardcore or punk at all at this point?
1: Oh yeah. So I as far as hardcore punk goes, I I definitely like discovered all that shit while I was in high school, like Bad Brains and fucking Poison Idea and shit like that. Mm-hmm. Um, all, all like the classic shit, and then like I I got a little bit into like the local shit, like ceremony and trash talk at the time. Of course. Yep. Um, so it was there, but it wasn't like my main focus or anything, sure. you know? Yeah. Um, like I, I kind of tried to check out everything mm-hmm. at the time. Um, and yeah, I, I guess at, at this time in my life, I was probably going to shows of, of all, all varieties. Like I, I, I started getting into. Okay yeah i started getting into like weird proggy shit and like old like 70s shit and whatever the fuck and like i was just down for for anything at that point i was just kind of curious uh a little bit more curious than i had been before like i was i was down to check out stuff that wasn't metal or hardcore and was down to like get into i don't know like weirder shit
0: um what kind of stuff like you know were you getting into that was like sort of like off the wall I, like i know it sounds like not that crazy
1: but it, i it something of like the pink floyd shit like the mm-hmm. like not the not the big albums but like the their early shit like the weird like 60s 70s prog rock kind of shit mm-hmm. i liked at the time definitely um i was like uh like in college you know like 1920 so i was like into like the i feel like like it's the kind of shit that kids that age might be into like like oh I'm smoking weed and listening to this fucking record or whatever definitely <laughs> definitely like, that. You know,
0: <laughs> like it's it, it it's it's like kind of like the especially college college age types it's like the people that are like oh like I'm gonna do like grateful dead now you know, yeah, because uh, yeah, exactly. I smoke weed, so right, like, right, uh, right. You know, it's like, like stuff like that, and then like, yeah, like all. It's like also kind of like the, the history of like San Francisco and stuff too. You have like a lot of stuff where it's like, oh, like, hey, Ashbury, and like, you know, Hendrix, and uh, like CCR and stuff. I mean, that stuff's not prog rock, but like, you know, like you talk about your yeah. dad listed to Zappa when you were a kid, and that's like, you know, about as prog as you can kind of get uh in 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 that kind of like uh weird realm so to speak. Um so I so you're kind of rocking with it at the time like like a part of your exploration is like sort of like the classics like in regards to like you talk about Pink Floyd and like the psychedelic stuff of the 60s and 70s, right?
1: Yeah. Cool. I remember listening to like Maha Vishnu Orchestra and shit like that. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Oh yeah. Just like like that kind of shit. <laughs> Definitely. It's a funny to look back on now, but it's like, it makes sense for the age that I was at, you know?
0: Def, I mean, for sure. That's like such like a college, like exploration, you know, type, type thing. Um, so, you know, you, you're kind of like into a little bit of everything at this point. You're like, you know, it's like, you've, you've done it, like the death core metal core stuff. Like you're listening to like 60s, 70s, like prog stuff. You dip your toe in kind of like the hardcore world, but you like really want to like do like old school death metal uh, you know, in regards to like, kind of like what, what you're, you're practicing, so to speak, um, what, you know, you're in school and everything, and, and you talk about kind of like this sort of exploratory time period. What do you end up doing when you finish school?
1: Uh, when I finished school, I didn't know what to do. So I thought I should just go do more school. Uh, cause okay. I didn't, I didn't have any like ideas. Uh, and I didn't want to like get a, get a job or anything like, like, uh, a a traditional kind of position or whatever. So I just started applying to like grad school, uh, programs and, um, and I didn't, I did I applied to like five spots. I didn't get into anywhere except for, uh, up in Vancouver at, uh, the university of British Columbia. Mm -hmm. So um so i went there i was i was like all i wanted to do was more school at the time because that was like the thing i felt like okay like this is something i feel confident about um i like doing this i like going to school i like reading and writing and like learning shit um and i have no idea what i want to do so i'm just gonna keep going to school so then i did that moved up to vancouver and then i uh, did that yeah
0: What were you like? What like you said you like like you like like studying, reading, writing, and you're going to grad school. Like, what was your area of study? Like, what like what were you kind of majoring and zeroing in on?
1: Uh, It was sociology. Okay, Uh, that's what I did my undergrad degree in at uh, SF State, and then Mm -hmm. that's what I went to grad school for. Um, and that's a long story, but basically, I went in being like really uh, into school and and all the shit that i was learning and i went out of it like super disillusioned and jaded like oh this isn't what i thought it was um so yeah i went to school it's it's supposed to be two years but it was three years uh because i i was like struggling up there i was not doing my shit it was like a, a complete contrast from my uh time at San Francisco state where I was like super about my shit. And then I went up to Vancouver and I was like, Oh fuck. Like, I don't know what I'm doing up here. This is weird. I don't know anybody like, mm. this is strange. And then it took me three years and said two years to finish and uh, somehow I made it through, but, but yeah, I came out the other side, super just like, Oh fuck, this shit sucks. Like I hate doing this. I don't what, want to do this. What anymore. about
0: it? Did you not like, like what, what had kind of like become enlightened to you where you were like, okay, like this sociology just like, isn't for me. Uh,
1: it wasn't even like, it wasn't sociology per se. It was just like the, the, the academic world. I didn't, sure. I didn't fuck okay. with it. Um, I, I basically, I had like kind of an idealistic view of it when I was, an uh, undergrad and then in grad school I got like closer to it and I was seeing like the underbelly of it a little bit and it was um wasn't really what I thought it was uh and it kind of bummed me out so I just you know I, I finished and got out of there probably will never do anything in that realm <laughs> did
0: you did you like have any idea about being like okay I'm getting this degree I want to do x job or, or was it just like yeah oh, okay well did. i just i just thought i would like teach
1: you know i just thought i'd sure. like teach uh you know at some level whether it be like high school or mm, or college or whatever okay okay um that's really all you could do i guess um other than entering some kind of super competitive world um at like a university where you you know try to get grants and do research, and yeah, write get, grants, and do, get
0: and research, that. gain tenure. So you're not, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. it's like, yo, that, I totally get why you probably started looking at this type of stuff being like, wait a second, this sucks. Like, exactly. And- yeah. I
1: just, uh, that's, that's what I started seeing. And I started seeing people being motivated like by that and not actually like, uh, what I thought were, you know, the more pure pursuits of just like, mm-hmm education for the sake of education and shit like that. So dude, I totally
0: understand that. It's just like, I get that.
1: Yeah. It bummed me out. And I was like, Oh, this isn't the world for me at all.
0: Yeah. Um, so that, that being said, when you're like, kind of like at the end of grad school, you're like, wait a second, this isn't, this isn't for me. What was your plan then? Uh, my plan was to,
1: to play music and, and completely exit that world and just like spend the next few years of my life playing music. And that's exactly what I, I did basically. I moved back home. Mm-hmm. Um I moved back home and shortly afterwards I joined the band World Peace, uh that I had a couple friends in. And then and this is started, what year? This would be 2019. So I okay, I guess I went to school from like 2012 to 2019 altogether, all mm-hmm. of it, uh between the two universities. And um I did some bands in that time for sure. And I did some like solo shit and I tried, you know, I started trying to like write music myself and all that kind of stuff. Uh, but, but yeah, yeah. So I moved back home, uh, joined a band, went on tour for six weeks. Uh, that was cool. I was like, okay, this is great. Uh, this is exactly what I want to do. And then I wanted to start my own band, uh, so I basically, I started the uh, spy shit by just, I wrote the first EP just like sitting there uh, with my rudimentary guitar skills, just like playing power chords. And then, and then that, that's, yeah, that was the beginning of that band.
0: So and we'll, we'll get there with, with world peace. How had you kind of like made friends with those guys that were kind of like open that door for you?
1: Uh, I knew them for years before that. One of them I knew going back to high school, like we grew up together. Um, and we had lived together in San Francisco and, uh, we, we actually had played in a band together before that too, called, uh, it was called worse.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. Um, we put out like a couple EPs and played some local shows and, um, made one t-shirt
0: nice nice uh, oh,
1: so
0: it's like world peace is like a it's like a power violence man
1: yes and it's like all
0: bass am i correct on this
1: uh now it is yeah at the time well at the time it was too i guess it started out as a three-piece with just guitar bass and drums with everybody doing vocals mm-hmm. um but over time the guitars got phased out and it ended up just being For a while it was just a a duo, like a two piece bass, one bass, one drum, both on vocals. Sure, gotcha. And that's that's the format it was in when I joined. It was it was a two piece and then I I joined as uh, the second bass player.
0: How had you so were you like at this point you like were you like into stuff of this nature? Like were you like into like fast core stuff?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. That I got into that kind of shit, like I'd say probably like two thousand Thirteen or fourteen or something like that when I was okay, like right, around the right same when age. In school, right? Same same age. I was telling you that was you know like the all the weird shit that was mm-hmm. like part of the exploration of the weird shit. I was like, what's this? Like, like I knew about grindcore, but I didn't know about power Balance, you know? Right. Uh, so I, I checked it out, and um, and then yeah, and then at the very tail end of me living up in Vancouver, I I started a band called uh, Split Open. It uh-huh. that was That's a uh, power violence band and we did a handful of shows. We released a tape and then, and then I moved back home. So,
0: okay. So you had actually done music while you're up in Vancouver as well.
1: Just, just at the very end there. Yeah. Like, right. like took me a couple of years to, to kind of uh, get that going or to like, you know, meet people that would be interested in doing that with me but eventually it happened. And that was, that was the best time I ever had living up there. Like sure. I finally found some people that I could like play shows with or play in a band with and like hang out with. And, and, uh, that was like the highlight of my time living up there.
0: Are uh, any of those people in, in like any bands currently? Uh, one of
1: those dudes is named Tommy Wilson. He's been in a million fucking power violence bands and, and fast core bands mm-hmm. since he was a kid. He's like, the fucking guy for power violence shit, uh, up in Vancouver. Oh yeah. And, uh, uh, one of the other guys played in tons of bands too. He's in a, a bunch of like sick grind bands and, and shit. Like he's in a band called power trip that <laughs> not the power trip, but yeah, a, yeah, yeah, yeah. a different power trip that I guess came out around the same time as, as obviously the the bigger one. I see. Uh, I see. But it's one it's one word rather than two. Ooh. Sure, uh, but yeah, he's he's in a, uh, that band and then Shooting Spree and a bunch of just like tons of sick ass fucking like uh, Squamish and Vancouver,
0: uh,
1: like bands that that if you know they're they're fucking tight, like really cool shit.
0: Okay, so it's like people that are still involved in kind of like the PV fast core one hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. So when you come back to do World Peace, you go on a tour like immediately, you know, six weeks, uh, what have you, but, but through in this 2019 through doing that, you're like, all right, I want to do my own stuff. And you write the spy EP like on your own. Were you just like, when writing spy, were you like, I'm just going to write the stuff that I know I can play. Or were you going for something specific? Uh,
1: I think it, it was it was a happy marriage of like, I'm going for this style that just just so happens that it's like, I could actually play this. I'm not like, a, I don't have to be like a guitar wizard to be able to do this shit. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was kind of, yeah, happy accident or whatever you want to call it. Uh, I knew what I wanted to do at that point. I wanted to do like hardcore punk shit that I would do vocals for. Uh It was like the first time I had like a clear vision of doing a band um, that I could like actually make happen on my own without needing to like try to work things through with other folks. Mm -hmm. Um, And yeah, I just, I just, I don't know. I just started writing these tracks and I was like, okay, this is, this is exactly what I'm trying to do. And yeah, somehow it, it came together like that and worked out pretty well in the end. So it's kind of it's kind of been the, the main focus of my life ever since for the last well, yeah, four I'd, years.
0: I'd say so. Um, so you you get you put this to get this EP together and you're doing it on your own. Uh how how did you go about finding people to kind of fill in all all like the slots for being in the band?
1: Um this this was like right when i moved back and i met a few people that were uh doing shit in the bay and one of those people was uh Cole who drums in the, the band Scowl uh and, and i just like you know for for one reason or another i was like like i showed him the tracks and i was like what do you think like you want to drum for this like i know you got obviously Scowl wasn't a big deal at the time it was like everybody was still kind of in the infancy of their, of their bands, uh, pre, pre everything getting crazy. But, uh, so yeah, I was just like, Hey, like I just met this dude, he plays drums. He seems cool. Uh, what do you think? You want to, you want to do this shit with me? And he was down. And, uh, then I talked to some other folks that I was friends with and, uh, that played in other bands, like mostly in like power violence bands, honestly, uh, Because that was the world I was kind of existing in in that moment,
0: and Um, this kind of makes sense to me now. Because it's like you guys end up doing like stuff with To Live a Lie, and it's like hundred percent. Yeah, Spy isn't like a PV band; it's like a a pretty like fast pitch hardcore punk band. Period. You know, but now because because To Live a Lie is kind of like deep in that fast core world, and you were in that world, it now makes sense to me. It's like, oh, duh. That's how, yeah, that's where yeah, the connection yeah. came.
1: Oh, okay. I mean, I, I pitched it, I pitched it to some other people, uh, but like, I didn't know anybody really. So I, nobody was like trying to put my shit out. There's like, who the fuck is this guy emailing me? Um, oh, no,
0: I, I know the game. <laughs> so, yeah, I know the, I know the deal, bro.
1: Yeah. So, but like, at least with Will from To Live A Lie, I would met him before uh, just one time at that point, And then, uh, you know, he knew about, uh, World Peace, because he put out like a compilation of. I think he put out like the first two years of the band's tracks as a tape. Oh, sick! Okay, cool. So, like, you know, like I had like some contact with him, and and luckily he was down. Um, but yeah, I think it, that that helped a lot. Like actually having a personal connection with him, uh, which I lacked with all the other people that I tried to talk to. With, uh, you know, so that's that's how that end up happening i guess
0: so you f- you fill in the spots of people you know uh you know around here and everything and uh you know like just right after you come back and what you know you write this record what ends up being the first show dude
1: the first show didn't happen for a million years because it was uh uh so i i wrote those tracks in december of 2019 mm-hmm. i started uh meeting up with folks to play them together in January, February, 2020. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I would say we probably had like four, maybe four or five in-person meetings to like go over the songs together. Uh, Starting like gradually starting from just me and Cole at first to like me and then me, Cole, Vince and Cody, who we had at the time uh vince at the time and then cody's still in the band um and that was like i don't know maybe we met two times in total because at the time everybody was still doing other bands and like busy with other shit so it was like a side project basically yeah it was like oh let's meet up like when everybody has time so i think we probably met up twice as like the the band ended up coming out of it in the end uh (laughs) but then COVID happened so like uh yeah that was it was like at the very early stages of like trying to make the band happen it was kind of like we set a recording date we scheduled a recording date in april of 2020 Mm -hmm. uh and then the covid shit happened we still ended up recording uh which i don't know if that was the right thing to do uh The way we did it was just, I went in and recorded guitars, bass and vocals, Mm -hmm. and then colded the drums. And then, uh, our friend who recorded us, uh, Charles Toshio, he was there too. And, uh, so it was like just the three of us. And, you know, in my mind, I was like, Oh, this is probably the safest way to do this considering this, uh, this COVID situation, uh, But you know, I'm sure some people would have said like, "Oh, you shouldn't be meeting with anybody at all at the time." like
0: you, you were fine. (laughs) It's okay. Yeah,
1: Well, in retrospect, yeah, it's totally fine. But in the moment, I was like, I don't know what the fuck's happening in the world. But this, well, nobody knew at the time.
0: You know, at the time, nobody knew. But so you, you guys end up recording the record. uh, Yeah, the service weapon. Yeah, that's right. Okay, so you end up recording. You end up recording the record and. You guys released it that year. Am I right?
1: Yeah, it came out in like July. It recorded in April, released in July. Okay, Uh, so recorded in April. We didn't didn't play a show until the summer of 2021. Um, And it was like Shows weren't happening yet, but people, uh, at least, uh, some folks were doing like outdoor shows, like in the Bay, yeah. we had like the, the big yeah, tsunami, the, the big Drain, like the R- RBS, one, uh, the RBS, the RBS uh, show in the Gulf Oakland Gulf version. And, so. mm-hmm. and then, yeah, the, o- the Oakland version, which was our first show ever. That is yeah,
0: an insane
1: first show. Yeah. It was absolutely nuts. It was fucking <laughs> insane. Yeah. That was, that was our first show.
0: See, this is interesting because you record this record, put it out in 2020. There's no shows, nothing going on, and this thing is a fucking hit. Like it's like I know Will couldn't keep copies.
1: Yeah, I don't know what happened, but the I it was it did well on the internet and people fucked mm-hmm. with it, which was cool. Yeah.
0: Which is um, also kind of crazy because it's like like I mean this in a like, nice way, like you were just some guy at, uh, you know, it, yeah, wasn't like, 100%, 100%. It, it wasn't like you were like connected to hella people or anything like that. Like, you know, you would like had your like legs in the kind of like the PV world, but it wasn't like, you know, you were like, you know, Mr. Like big on campus, hardcore guy.
1: Or <laughs> no, and, no. I, I think initially we probably got a little boost from, uh, like I knew a couple folks, like not very well, but you know, on, on some sort of like Friendly terms with people uh, from like uh, tsunami drain and gulch and shit like, of course, yeah. Just just on some like Bay Area shit, yeah. yeah um, you know. Which I think probably that probably helped uh, uh, quite a bit on the internet for sure. people from from those bands being like, yo, check this out, yo, check this um, shit out.
0: Also, just like that's just a really good record, so it's gonna kind of the tracks kind of speak for itself. Um, oh thanks. <laughs> oh no, dude, for real, like Bootlicker is is an all time punk classic uh so it, it's like that was what me being a guy on the east coast when i heard that song i was like oh i i need to know about this this is like like it was it wasn't like homies posted or anything like that it was like i just heard it and i was like this is just good so i'm, I'm sure that kind of had the same effect on other people as well
1: it's sure um, i mean it's cool it's
0: cool that that happened you know
1: yeah so i, I so didn't what, i didn't expect it by any means certainly not.
0: It pops off which gives you a really solid launching pad for when shows do come back. Bef- before we get to like that point in your first show uh being like the RBS show in Oakland, what uh what were you doing during lockdown? Like what were you doing kind of during this time frame uh before gigs came back?
1: Um it I lived in Oakland at the time. Uh and I had uh like we lived there was five of us in total in the house and yeah, everybody just nobody was working, everybody was at home, everybody had the the government income or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> And uh shit, we just would like hang out at home all day and it was kind of sick for a couple months.
0: Yeah. Um uh, no, of
1: course. uh yeah and then i guess one of the people i was living with was my uh my bandmate at the time in world peace and so he started teaching me the the tracks that he wrote for the the world peace lp and we started doing that uh practicing that and yeah it was it was kind of just waiting i guess um waiting for for whatever was to come next, which we didn't know at the time. At the time, it was weird. It really didn't... Like, I didn't know what to expect to happen after. I didn't think we'd return to this somewhat uh, normal reality so fast, I guess. Felt like it'd be a couple of years at least. And I guess it was, but...
0: Yeah, you know. I just get, like, fully back to, like, uh, like, you know, kind of, like, okay, like, you know, we're back to exactly where we were, we're prior...
1: Um, yeah. Feels like a dream honestly. It's, it's weird to even think about.
0: I think it's going to be so strange to like talk about it like when we're like old and be like, yeah. "Oh, like remember those like couple years where like that was a thing? Like where you like it was like the world shut down? Like um that'll be I think it was a learning experience for uh the entire species of humanity uh in a way, but also it's just like a, I think it's like a, it i i am looking forward to reading the studies of things in regards to like that time period when there's been like a lot of a lot of years behind it so to speak
1: yeah Um, it it threw me for a loop for sure i I didn't know what the fuck was happening like i just like day that was basically day by day just uh you know trying to trying to find a way to get by i guess
0: sure sure man yeah it was like i miss
1: shows a lot for sure
0: dude me too i'll still work into uh and like you know it would just be it would just kind of stuck to be at the end of the day and be like all right like i'm done on my computer for work and now i just have to sit here still okay <laughs> like, yeah, w- w- watch some tv i guess I know, yeah I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna move like four feet over to the couch and until i have to go to bed <laughs> so uh but uh, you know, when things do come back though, you, you play the first show and it's cracking. It's crazy. Um, you know, like everybody and their moms there and, you know, kind of like what, what was next? What was kind of like the, the like the next move for you guys that you were, you kind of had the freedom at this point.
1: Uh, there was like a gradual easing in back into shows happening at that mm-hmm. time. So within Three months, uh, things started to get a little bit more normal or, mm-hmm. or what whatever normal was before. Uh, so we did, shortly after that, we did a show at the X-Bar uh, with Zulu. Um, yep. And that was our second show and like first inside of venue. That was really cool. And then we went down to LA for a couple of shows. Uh, and every, at that point, everything was like, new and exciting for the band. Um because we, we hadn't played at all. So like and this was like the kind of like the whole point of the band the first place. I, I wanted to play shows with this band. Like I knew from the the second that this shit started that it was like this would be a live band. Um, yeah, for sure. Like the best way for this experience to be translated to the listeners is in a live context. So it was like actually actualizing the the mission of the band or whatever you want to call it. Um, so it was cool to finally play live shows. Uh, I think we did like Portland and Tacoma. We did. Uh, we went out to New York for the first time, which was awesome.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, so you just started like due to and also do all like the internet shit that got generated, like the hype uh, or whatever you want to call it for like the, the first year we were able to go and play shows in other places. Like we kind of skipped like the phase of uh, the beginning of the band that usually happens.
0: Yeah. you It's like build up really. It was kind of like, you know, once you were able to play shows again, it was like, bam, it's there.
1: Yeah. You know, that's, that's like the, the, the weirdest part about the existence of the band is like that, that happened, which is like purely a, a matter of, of timing. Right.
0: Yeah, um, I mean, you, there's a few bands that it sort of happened with around lockdown. Like, you know, it's like, albeit this band had played like maybe a show or two prior to lockdown, but it's like, Tsunami is a good example. That band got mm-hmm. a lot bigger over, I mean, like, Gulch had been a band for years, but it was almost like they became more of a thing, I feel like, almost like after, you know. Yeah,
1: I think lockdown. I think for the Bay Area specifically, it kind of happened area, like that.
0: Yo, honestly, pain of truth. Uh, mm-hmm. yeah. Their first shows, their first shows were two sold out gigs back to back.
1: I no remember finish. them specifically because they they came out like right around the time that we did with their first mm-hmm. release. Uh, maybe yeah. it was like within a couple weeks of each other,
0: exactly. Uh,
1: and yeah, I remember seeing seeing their their shit blow up too, and it was like. Like oh this is this is crazy
0: like it's like yeah this, this this kind of thing doesn't really like when the whole machine of the scene is moving this kind of mm-hmm. thing kind of can't happen because I think there's a lot to distract people whereas yeah, when you know with you guys tsunami gulch pain of truth uh I feel like at that time and probably there's bands I'm probably not even thinking of right now I feel like at that time it was like nothing's distracting anybody so all they have to kind of like focus on. To kind of keep them like a bit sane is like new art uh and, and yeah. like that, that was these bands and so i feel like people got really attached um in a way it's super interesting i mean it's it's like i'm 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 glad this this is obviously you ran this quality but i'm glad this all, also it's like the silver linings so of the unfortunate situation of COVID is that it uh got you into this position which is awesome
1: yeah it's a it's a really like unprecedented sort of thing too, you know, like definitely the, the, no, no context for this sort of thing ever happening before, at least with like the kind of music that we're talking about. So.
0: Did, um, uh, did during this time period, like, like after like it's like, you're playing spy shows and stuff, are you doing world Pete stuff as well?
1: Yeah. Yeah, I was. Um, I'm trying to think back, like, I don't, I think we, we recorded the record and then I don't think we, we didn't play any shows for a minute. So I think we, we came back with, with the live shows for that band in early 2022. Okay. Got Like, like shows start coming back, like halfway through 2021 start to Mm -hmm. like, but you weren't getting everything. You were getting like a handful of things here and there.
0: Yeah. Um, I, I I remember like the first show back in Richmond was like July and there had been shows across the country in like June and even as early as like April. Um, But I feel like I didn't really like f- things weren't kind of getting back to a regular clip until like really more like, like August, September. And then there was the whole, like, there was like another, like spike in COVID. Uh, yeah. The end right. A year. And I remember, like, like attendance dipped again because people worried about getting sick or were sick. Um, and cause like FYA, they kind of happened around that.
1: Yeah. Like, like we, we did a tour, uh, or tried to do a tour down to FYA on the East coast. Mm-hmm. That was like our first tour ever. Yeah. Uh, and we, we got through, I think we did. Well, the first show got canceled. It was supposed to be in Syracuse. It was like the, the new year's day, yeah, uh, Syracuse thing, mm-hmm. uh, and that got canceled last minute. So we ended up playing in Providence, Rhode Island for a matinee, mm-hmm. uh, and then we did New York, Philly, and Richmond, I think. And then
0: yeah, I, I did a Richmond for, show for you, and I remember being like kind of pissed because I was like that spike in COVID had happened, and it like definitely like hurt attendance. I was mad about it. <laughs> like,
1: that, that was that was kind of the story of that tour because it was a cool tour, and I thought it would be like. Uh, maybe yeah, it was like it was a little like more, a little more people warn,
0: yeah.
1: Hmm? yeah it was restraining order and warn yeah great tour like you know yeah. like should have been cracking yeah and and the new york show was awesome and i think that was because the people in new york were like so far beyond uh worrying about that shit that oh people, yeah, they were, like, for for yeah. yeah uh, they were over it for whatever reason yeah over but then we did philly and i was like damn like Philly's sick. I I feel like it should be more lit than this. But definitely. Definitely. <laughs> and then it was the same thing in Richmond and uh in yeah. Raleigh, North Carolina. So I was like, okay, it's just the way it's going. And then one of our guys got code in the whole thing for us. And right. This, uh, and then I remember L you part.
0: guys you guys ended up playing some songs at FYA because I was there, but I think it was just like it was like you had like it was like maybe the Warren guys played for you.
1: Yeah, exactly. Okay. It was like I was still at, at the fest. Cause I didn't have COVID and it's just like, well, I'm flying out of Tampa. Might as well, fucking, uh, attend the fest and hang out and check yeah. it out. And, um, and Bob was also nice enough to let us like sell merch there. Cause we had way too much shit with us that would have had to ship back for like er, sure. a million fucking dollars, um, no doubt. which would have been a nightmare, especially at the early, early stage of the band still existing. Like, I didn't know how to fucking deal with that kind of shit. Like, oh, like, you gotta shit back all your merch boxes and it's gonna cost you a $1,000. Like, I didn't know how to fucking do that. Yeah, well, like, that it's like, this, that.
0: It, this is, like, new to you, too. You know? Oh, yeah. You know, yeah it, all, it's like, oh, like, you know, how do you do this? You know? Like, yeah, kind
1: of thing. I didn't know, I didn't know any of what the fuck I was doing. So, uh, you know, I got lucky there where he was down to let us, like, sell the rest of our shit there. Um, even though we didn't end up playing and then the, the Warren guys were playing. So they were like, Hey, we learned a couple of your songs. Like, what if we, what if we did, uh, what if we did those? Like you hop on, on the mic and, and we'll start our set off with uh, a couple of your songs. Mm-hmm. And I was like, Oh shit. Okay. Yeah. Uh, let's do it. And there you go. then, yeah, then we did it. <laughs> <laughs> so and so, yeah, so yeah, it was sick. It was fun. Um, it was, it was like, like, we were, like there's no like a, uh, we didn't tell anyone. It was like completely just like ah, oh, let's fucking go for it. You know, let's. let's yeah. It was like uh, an hour before set, they said they in the in the parking lot. Like yo, we learned your songs. Like we got two of them down. Let's let's do this. Let's. Bust <laughs> it out. was like yeah, super I, I, I was now. like, oh
0: fuck yeah, because I saw you get up there and I was like, oh, I know what's going down.
1: Yeah, um, and I remember seeing you there too, and you're like the only dude who knew what the fuck was going on. You yeah, like I was like I was like, oh, knew yeah. the words I, and shit. I know. <laughs> I to mean,
0: i was like, saying, I know
1: what the fuck. let
0: you're the first show I went to after I moved to the Bay. Um, yeah, you're my Parkside. first Parkside. Parkside. Yep, you're my first hardcore show here. That's where um, I met you. Mm-hmm. That's where I met you. Yep, I, I, I distinctly remember it was my first time at Parkside and my first time seeing you. Um, but uh, so a- after this, kind of into 2022, um, what was what was kind of next for you? It's like it's like bands popping off uh you know you're you have the freedom to do things like we talked about earlier like what was sort of your next step um I'm
1: trying to think i think uh basically the my idea was to, to do like a full us tour mm-hmm. um which i think i think i actually started planning that way back in like I don't know, October, 2021. It was for, it was for April of 2022.
0: Okay.
1: Um, as far as I'm, if I'm remembering this correctly, cause maybe that we did something in between like the, the January thing and the April tour, but, uh, yeah, I just wanted to do like a, like a DIY tour, basically booked by me and, um, try to hit every spot in the U S where we might be able to get a show. Um, and yeah, I just hit up a bunch of people that I knew and then kind of tried to fill in the gaps with, with you know, hitting up other people that might know somebody in each city. And then, yeah, kind of pieced together this U.S. tour that we did that um, pretty sure started in Portland or Seattle and uh, took us out to the East Coast and back back across and ended, um, ended in Vegas, I think. So yeah, we, we kinda cause at that point we had done uh California dates and some like some East Coast a little bit and then like PNW. Yeah. And yeah, I just tried to like make a tour happen and, and that was our next move, I think. And we ended up playing with uh gel and MS Paint for some of the East uh, Coast and like okay. uh Midwest dates. Yep which was really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, we did the earlier part of that tour. We did with uh, peace test from uh, Rhode Island and then mm-hmm. with uh, victim to none from Salt Lake city. And then linked up with uh, gum from Chattanooga, mm-hmm. for, yep. like the Texas States. A lot of, a lot of like, convulse
0: iron. stuff.
1: Yeah, actually. Yeah, totally. Although like at the time,
0: not sure i don't think they're wrong i don't think any of these bands were on convulse yet but it's all bands think, that oh
1: went. there's there's a there's a link here that i forgot about so the um the early stages of the band mm-hmm. like the super early stages of, of playing shows in yeah. 2021 after shows came back it was like in october of that year I think it was October. We, we went to Denver for the, uh, the convulse fest, which, Oh, okay. Yeah. Like gel and MS paint played and a bunch of sick ass bands played. It was like the coolest thing ever at the time for sure. Still is the coolest thing ever. Um, but, but yeah, I think that's how I met those, those two bands. And then
0: I see. Okay.
1: Like shortly afterwards I was like, Oh, like you guys want to do it Mm-hmm. Do dates, do a tour, whatever. Um, yeah, I think. Yeah, and I don't even. I don't know. Like uh, we, we didn't. We weren't on convulse. I don't think Joe was doing convulse at that time. But
0: no, I think they were on it. A- atomic action yeah think. exactly that's right that's right and then but, ms paint i'm not really sure but it, it, it's interesting because it's like think, ms paint gum and gel it'll end up being convulse man.
1: right 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 and i think i think ms paint put out their first thing on with convulse okay think, that maybe makes sense but, but uh but yeah and basically i just hit up adam from convulse and i was like yo this line is fucking sick like what What if spy played? would you be down and he was down so
0: hell yeah Good
1: man. Yeah. And that's, that's kind of the beginning of all that shit for, for us, at least like,
0: okay. Kind knowing of those, those guys. And, and stuff, yeah. Yeah. Making, yeah. Yeah. So you, you do the full us, you know, do it proper come back, uh, you know, like, like was the tour good? Was it kind of like what you expected it to be? It was,
1: it was amazing. It was way more than I ever expected. Um, like every show was sick uh, everything like, I don't know. It was just touring around the U S with this, this band for the first time. It was like, well, like people actually fuck with this. Like there's, I, I knew that was there, but like seeing it in action, like in person at the shows, it was, it was awesome. It was like inspiring to, to want to keep doing it, you know?
0: Uh, absolutely. You know, you can see it kind of firsthand and everything. So you, you come back and then it was like, okay, we've conquered this continent. Like what, <laughs> you know, it's like, we've, we've done a few spots a couple times. Like, you know, we, we got this fire record, uh, you know, out and everything like, you know, was it like, okay, we need to write the next one. Were you like, Oh, I'm going to do more world peace stuff. You know, like what, what was sort of the strategy and now that you had sort of like, kind of like done this big tour.
1: Uh, well we had, um, we had europe lined up too so mm-hmm. uh that was i'm gonna say that tour was april and may uh That's right in the u.s and then and then we had europe in june and that had been like brewing for a while we got hit up like before uh before we had ever played a show like during COVID times when the mm-hmm. the band kind of first was out on the internet we got hit up by uh these these folks out in europe that were like oh we want to book you out here um and that's that kind of evolved into like our first european tour uh eventually like you know well over a a year and a half later um so so yeah we had that u.s tour and the europe one and then in between we had a couple of dates with like municipal waste which was really cool
0: sick hell yeah full, full, and, uh, full circle considering hella, you know, hella yeah yeah, yeah.
1: absolutely that was like I, I couldn't believe that was happening um That's awesome but yeah and and like the ball was just rolling at that point and it seemed like like i didn't know what was going to come next necessarily but i knew that like okay that we can we can keep playing shows and uh there's some interest here, and people are down, and like we can we can do this for for a little bit and, and see what happens, uh, and then yeah, we just kept going with it, and did the Europe thing, and then we came back and, and we went on. A, I want to say not a full full US, but like a half US tour with a ceremony, you
0: know,
1: which was, was another. Like-
0: oh that, it was like full like, circle like, moment damn
1: yeah yeah like the, the absolutely like like two of my favorite bands from when i was uh one from when i was like 15 16 years old and the other from maybe 18 19 whatever mm-hmm. uh and yeah it was fucking awesome it was, it was really cool and that was like at that point i was like oh, anything that happens after this is like a, a uh a bonus you know it's like cool. uh, i
0: mean it's like you did full u.s you go to europe immediately after you come back you do a half u.s you know oh and like the municipal waste dates in between it's like that's a heavy year bro
1: yeah absolutely for me i was like by far the most i had ever done uh touring wise or in a band or anything up to that point and that was that's just last year i guess 2022 ah, and then man, this yeah. year this year ended up being even even busier uh so, yeah, it's it's all it's all like for me totally unprecedented. I didn't, I didn't think this would happen or or anything. And uh, you, all of, uh, you all released another record
0: at the end of you'll release another record in twenty twenty two, correct?
1: Uh, timeline of the records is so twenty twenty was the first EP. Twenty twenty one, like September October, was the uh, Habitual Offender EP. Okay, okay, and then twenty twenty two. We did our first uh, uh, split with uh, Maniac, and that was on Triple B. That's right.
0: That's right. And then okay. this
1: year, we did, did the, uh, LP. the LP. So it's like every year okay. something's happening, yeah.
0: How had y'all gotten linked up with Sam?
1: Uh, he hit he hit me up on the internet somewhere, uh, I think as far back as 2021, after we had played... Maybe just a couple shows. Um mm-hmm. I think he might have seen some videos and been like, oh, this is cool.
0: Like Well, I it's this. funny. I actually told him at one point in time. He was like yeah. he, he hit me up. He was like, Who who should I put out right now? And I was like, Yodor, I think you need to put out this band Spy. And oh, <laughs> He was, he was like, he was like Oh, I think they're cool, but I don't know if they want to be on Triple B. Because I think he made this assumption that you guys were like kind of like in the punk world, like kind of firmly. And I was like, I was like, no, man. I was like, I I think I was like, I don't know these guys, but I I think that this record would would pop for you if you did it.
1: Um, that's and that's kind of been the story of the whole band. It's like in between worlds all the time, you know.
0: Yeah, which not which which if you use it to your advantage is not a bad place to be at all
1: no i don't i am you know, I'm happy with everything that's happened like like I kind of fuck with it, you know, like sometimes yeah, you, we play the hardcore fest and like we're hella out of place, but you know people are still down and that's cool
0: exactly well, it' like if you can play municipal ways and ceremony, and you know like you know, like th- those two bands couldn't be more different, and then you play yeah, with, you, know, you can play like a, a punk show, you can play like a hardcore show, it's like and I'll be the it's like I'll be like. Meat and potatoes, hardcore punk. It's interesting how it just like just fits wherever you know.
1: Yeah, Um, yeah, I know, I know. I've been surprised myself at like the, the the way that it's been versatile. I guess.
0: Well, I think part of it is it's like it's punk music that doesn't have its nose up in its air about anything. So it's not like Spy is ever going to be like, oh, we don't want to play with X bands because we don't like how they sound it's like at the what i've kind of observed it's like any show that spy plays spy focuses on it being a spy show not necessarily like what type of gig it is it's like the spy set is about spy it's not whether spy is playing with death metal bands or not
1: yeah for sure yeah we're just gonna do our thing no matter what
0: precisely and uh so it's like and sam and i never talked about it again and then i saw that he had done like the split and i was like okay i was like i guess they, they ended up linking up somewhere in there um which is awesome uh so okay so 2022 you do the split and uh you know going into 2023 like what was the what was kind of like the, pl- you said it was even heavier this year. Like what, what was kind of like the plans for 2023? Are you also at this point, are you still playing with world peace or have you kind of stepped away to do spy full-time?
1: Uh, I did my last tour with, uh, with them in March of this year. Okay. Uh, with, the uh, the Richmond legends, uh, suppression.
0: Oh yeah. No
1: doubt. Um, but but yeah, so I guess for this year, I just wanted to, to do, uh, even more. Mm-hmm. Um, and it pretty much worked out. The only thing that we didn't do that I wanted to do was, uh, I wanted to do Australia this year, which we missed out on, but we did, uh, I think we did like three full us tours. We did, you know, the, the fests and shit here and there. We did some dates with, uh, gel in the summer in California. we, we did, uh, Japan and Southeast Asia. We did Europe twice. Like it was like really fucking busy, like way more than I ever, uh, expected to happen. And it was, but like, but you know, by this point I kind of put all my eggs in this basket of like, I want to do this, uh, and do it, do it big, uh, as, as much as we can. Um, so that was like the focus for this year, you know, like just tour a bunch, play a bunch of shows everywhere. Uh, I think, we played close to a hundred shows with spies here. Crazy. Um, Yeah. Just, you know, like, like just trying to kind of max it out in terms of like playing live. And then obviously the record, the record was the main priority. We, we wanted to put that out. Mm -hmm. Uh, but once, once that was like recorded and scheduled for the release, it was like, let's, let's just, you know, let's hit the hit the road and play a bunch of shows and go everywhere. And like the, the IG name of the band has always been Spy Worldwide, and like that's kind of been a uh, like a big focus too. Anyways, is just like like plays as as many shows uh, not just in the states but across the whole world as we can. I
0: mean, you're you uh, dev- you're all definitely Mr. Worldwide right now you y'all, y'all offer <laughs> sure people you know this is a
1: 305 uh, i'm, I'm trying like, I'm, tr- I'm trying to hit even more spots but but yeah it's it's really like like this is awesome uh it's been it's been great I'm really happy to to get to do this I feel really fortunate that it's been um going like this the past few years
0: and you still have time you know to to even do new stuff because you, you're doing uh the man caveman now as well correct
1: that's right. Yes. Uh,
0: how how did that come together?
1: That band started earlier this year. Um it's uh it started with just uh three of three of my like longtime friends that I actually grew up with, uh that I went to high school with. Mm-hmm. Uh Amir, Naveed and Sarab. They they were linking up and playing music together and I think Amir wrote the tracks, and yeah, he's the singer of the band. And like, I thought the tracks were really fucking strong, and, and like, yeah, I would really just, good. They, they were, and they were just like, like, and they hadn't, they hadn't like played a show in a long time, and like hadn't played m- music together or at all, and like for years, I think. So uh, they were like kind of asking me, like, yo, like, what do you think about this and that, and like, kind of. I was trying to help them out a little bit with, which is general advice for, for what to do. And then they were like, yo, like what if you just played in the band? And I was like, Oh shit. Okay, cool. Uh, So I learned the tracks on, on bass and uh, I've just been playing bass with them. Uh, But that's like, as far as my contributions, uh, I'm just playing with them live. Basically like those guys are uh, the heavy lifters for sure. I can't take any credit for that. I think the tracks are awesome, man. I was really, really stoked.
0: They're awesome. And, and like, it's like, a, a, for people that don't know caveman, if you like spy, you will like caveman. It's, it's right there. Um, I, I, I would, I'm, I don't, I don't even really, the differentiation is that I guess it's like uh, hmm. caveman has like, like the production is pretty similar. How would you, how would you describe the difference between the two bands? I think, I think the production
1: similar cause it's the recorded, uh, by the same person, same uh, mixed yep, and mastered. Yeah. Sense. Uh, but, um, I don't know, uh, like in, in concrete terms, I'm not really sure how to describe it, but it definitely has its own thing going on. It's got its own yeah. identity. Um, yeah. Yeah. It, 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 it's especially like we, we have a second release now that's going to be coming out next year. That's um, thick. Especially on that one, it's like uh, that band's doing stuff that Spy definitely doesn't do um, okay. in terms of like influences and, and just the way the instruments are performed. Like Spy doesn't really like tremolo or like uh, palm mute or anything like that or actually oh, definitely no. doesn't. Yeah. Definitely. Um, and, you know, there's some stuff like that on the, the oh, new okay. release. Gotcha. Um, yeah, so I think there's there's certainly some distinguishing factors for sure but no doubt.
0: heavier spy, yeah. so to speak um <laughs> yeah and okay so you're doing that now and then like you know it's like we're the last month of the year what you know that you can talk about what does spy have planned going into 2024
1: uh definitely another uh another record um hell yeah whether that be small or big i'll leave that up to uh To the listeners to decide, but they can figure it out. (laughs) Yeah. Um, but yeah, we're going to, we're definitely, we got new tracks. Uh, it's always churning, you know, there's always something going on. Uh, as busy as we are, we also want to try to stay busy on the writing side and, and get uh, the next thing going. Uh, so yeah, that's, that's, there's definitely going to be another record next year. Uh, and we are going to be touring a bunch next year as well just like this year. And, yeah, just trying to stay busy and hit the road and keep doing basically what we've been doing and try to expand it even more and play new places. And, uh, if possible, do even more touring and play even more shows than than this year.
0: So you heard it here first, everybody. Spy is going to play 200 shows in 2024.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I I just want to fully exhaust myself and mm -hmm. hit my breaking point.
0: There you go. You're going to see Peter out there uh, until <laughs> until he collapses. So enjoy it while you can. Uh, but Peter, amazing, amazing story of triumph of, of, you know, how you got here and taking Spy to where it has been and going at it so hard and, and you know, providing things for people to look forward to, new music, uh, new tour dates and everything. Uh, I want to thank you so much for coming on. And, uh, you know, I, like, so I'll tell you personally, it's like, I think Spy is awesome band rocks i value every time i've gotten to see you guys so i'm I'm glad that you guys are still going to be doing it full steam um you know once again thank you so much for coming on dude thank
1: you thanks for having me and thanks for being uh interested enough to talk to me about all this stuff and and uh i appreciate you always fucking with us from from the start uh of course like for real it's you've you've been a uh, a strong presence at a bunch of shows and like you're, just, head, bro. you're down as fuck and it's cool to see and, it, and you know it really it makes me feel a whole lot better about the whole whole damn thing so thanks for your support wonderful
0: everyone if you enjoyed this episode and want to support this podcast you can subscribe to our patreon at www.patreon.com slash form of passion until next time see you next year everybody stay safe